Well, let's jump right in. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 through 56. I think we stood up and sat down about 10 times already, so for those of you who had a Catholic background, I didn't want to offend you by making you stand back up again, so I'm just going to read it. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. My first thought when I was reading this passage and getting ready for this message is, did Jesus do something wrong? But they were still mad at him. They still were peeved. They still were offended at Jesus for the things that he was doing and saying. So my first thought was, we don't always have a right to be offended, even if you are. Sometimes it's just on you. But we're going to get into that a little bit more here in a minute. Today's sermon, in keeping with the, the theme that Scott was already working on about having faith like a child, we want to go down the road of being unoffended like a child. And as I started to think about that, I was like, no, sometimes they're offended by that, sometimes they're that. And then I started going down the road of, you know what, I think it's more along the lines of, it's not that children aren't ever offended. It's that they're not as easily offended as we sometimes get, and they don't hold the grudges for as long as we do, and there's some other pieces to it that I think are more childlike in their faith and where we need to be with this whole thing. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 20, Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants. But in your thinking, be adults. And so sometimes... You ever meet somebody who's totally functional right here, here, and here, and then in this area they think like a seven-year-old? Just in that one spot. I, know, I was working around a bunch of guys in the military for years, trust me. They would be like, that is a five-year-old move. And some of it was quite funny, actually, but sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes they get us in trouble. So when my son was, I think he was around four or five, I was going to tell him that he's adopted because I didn't want him to find out when he's 17, right, and get that bomb dropped in his lap. You know, his sister says something like, you're adopted. Of course, his sister's adopted too, so they don't have any ground to stand on. <clears throat> but I started telling my son, Cruz, I was like, mommy's tummy was broke and this and that. And so God formulates families in different ways. And that's how you came into our family. And, you know, God also adopts us as his children. And I went through this whole spiel, and he looked up at me and said, can I go outside and play now? <laughs> that's how offended he was over that whole scenario. So, and I thought, wow, he's got something that we all need. I told him I was going to rat on him today, too. So there it is. Look at this fine photo here of Steven Spielberg on the set of Jurassic Park. Somebody actually tweeted this. So barbaric that this should still be allowed. No conservation laws in effect wherever this is. That is the people that we're dealing with out in society, sometimes within the church walls, I'm afraid to say. And so if you get offended by that, you got other stuff going on is all I'm telling you, okay? I, I, I'm just saying. But um, let's take a quick look at all of the things that offend us. I, the more I looked at this, the, the dumber it got. I'm offended. So, you know, there's this movement right now 
called like the self-esteem moment, movement. Uh, everybody's a winner. You know, everybody gets a trophy even though you came in dead last. That whole mentality. Uh, generational fragility. And you guys have probably heard the term snowflake generation because everybody's so fragile and so offended. Modern molly coddling. That came from Britain. I like that one. Listen to some of the stupid stuff that people are offended by today. People are now being offended that they have to wait in line. You've done it, though. You go over to City Market, you're standing in the pharmacy line, and there's one person in front of you, and you're like, ah, right? I believe this. Every time. That's how bad we are. At Oxford University, law students, law students at Oxford, are now being officially notified when the content of a lecture might upset them. So we're going to tell you what we're going to tell you before we tell you, in case you might get offended. That's the stupidest thing ever. No, actually, this is more dumb. A girl walked into Taco Bell and ordered French fries. Again, this is the same dinosaur people. She ordered French fries. Oh, okay, that's fine. But then when they were, she was told, ma'am, we don't serve fries here, she claimed racism and tried to sue them. Dumb. Dumb. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Look at this uniform. Cleveland Indians. Offensive. You know, Job wrote in the scriptures that my breath is offensive to my wife. Now, that one's accurate. That one should be offensive. You should be offended by that. Calling America the land of opportunity is now banned at University of California campuses. Using the word wife is now offensive. I had to think about that one for a long time. And I had to even do some more research. I'm like, why would that be offensive? And then it occurred to me as I was going through this stuff, not everybody's married to a wife. Sometimes a husband's married to a husband. And so it's too exclusive if you just say wife. And I was like, oh, see, they're so idiotic about this stuff, you have to really concentrate on why it's offensive. And sometimes you can't figure it out. Using the word man is offensive. So you're not a fireman anymore. You're a firefighter. And so I started thinking about all the words that have man in it and whatever and what offends people. And then I was like, so, and then I started singing, in the winter we can build a snowman. That doesn't apply anymore. It's a snow thing. All right. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to call it. We're going to get to a stage where we're not going to be able to talk. I hope you guys realize that that's what's coming. Park ranger uniforms are offensive. Again, I had to do research. Why is a park ranger? I looked over that photo for about 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, the, the guy's a little chunky. Maybe it's that guy. I don't know what's offensive about that. I literally had to Google it. And I found out it had to do with those uniforms look exactly or very similar to the Border Patrol agents on the southern end of the U.S. Offensive. So they should change it, make them like pink and green or something. Well, now that we talked about all the dumb ways that we can be offended, and let's face it, we, we often are, you know what's offensive? Go driving out here. You know how I'm always talking about traffic, right? What's the most offensive license plate you can see in Woodland Park? California, and what's the second? Texas. Is anybody offensive like me from California or Texas in this room? You offenders. I love it. I love it. The stupid part is when you really think this stuff. I moved here in 1992. My wife and I were making $4.25 an hour. But apparently, I came here and drove up the housing prices. Because I'm from California. 
Look at all these words here for offended. It means to snare or trigger or provoke or irritate. Anything like that. So if you cause your brother to stumble, you've heard that phrase before. That goes down the, uh, the road of offend. And it's literally like setting a trap for somebody, which the religious leaders often did with Jesus. All of those kinds of things are offensive. Of course, sin, annoying, or insulting somebody on purpose. Now, I, my, my layman's term is to say, hey, you know, I don't use the word offended. I say, don't get your underwear in a bundle. But my favorite comes from my daughter. Years ago, I was talking to her and telling her to clean her room or do something that she didn't particularly appreciate. And I thought, man, this is like straight out of Hebrew and Greek. She said, that wrinkles my heart. (laughs) I'm like, that is going in my notes somewhere. And here it is for free just for you guys. Do you remember the soup Nazi off Seinfeld? I got a photo up here of the soup Nazi. Now, the, I mean, if you guys don't know the story behind that, they come in, they order soup, and if you say anything wrong or don't do it just right, he says, no soup for you, and he, and he takes the soup away. You don't get soup, right? So he's known as the soup Nazi. Well, we have things in my life, and, I, well, shoot, I got a guard out there at this gate. It's this little rinky-dink gate in Lake George that's supposed to keep people out, and it's, it's very Lake George-looking is all I can tell you. But we have the gate Nazi is what I call them, and it stems from this. Everything is the this Nazi or that Nazi. And so I often use that term Nazi, and it's just somebody who's being a jerk or being mean about whatever it is that their role in life is, right? So years ago, I'm teaching ROTC. This is how I'm going to start going down the road of how to know if you're easily offended. But I was at the uh, Central Washington University. I'm teaching ROTC, and I had this young cadet in my life and I said, hey, you can hold people's feet to the fire without being such a Nazi about it. And he said, I'm offended by that. And I said, by, oh, by what? He said, Nazi. And I said, why? He says, well, because I'm German. I'm of German descent. And then I said, yeah, make the connection for me. Because I wanted him to make the connection. I knew what he was trying to say, but I wasn't buying off on it. Plus, I was a captain. He was a cadet. So he'd have to shut his pie hole and listen anyway. And so I said, so why is that offensive? He said, well, I'm a German. And, da, da, da. and I said, did I say that all Germans are Nazis and that all Nazis are Germans? I did not say that. You made that connection. So you chose to be offended by that. And I said, so I'm not going to let you be offended by that. You're not allowed to. <laughs> I did. I told him to go pound sand. It was awesome. If, if only we had that power out here in, in life now, right? I'm not going to allow you to be offended by that. But that has to do with the first bullet up there, that they... People who are too easily offended take impersonal things very personal, very personal, no matter what it is. They um, are often more offended than they're not offended, right? So they always have something to be offended by. You know, you've heard the old phrase that they walk around with their feelings on their shirt sleeve. But I will tell you this, that offenses can always be taken or received because I could do something to you or say something to you that might be very offensive or not offensive at all, and to this person, it would have the absolute opposite reaction. So it really has to do with you as a person, whether you're going to take that thing on or not. Now, if somebody punches you in the face, go ahead and be offended. But even then, I was thinking about that. What about a UFC fighter? He gets paid to get punched in the face. He's not offended at all by that. So even that isn't always the truth. So sometimes it has nothing to do with anything other than you have chosen to be offended. A couple years ago, we were making a poster for the men's conference I was doing here. Now, I had a a young kid who made a poster, 
and, and gave his best effort, and I made one, and Kent Gordon made one. Well, if you've ever seen Kent Gordon's posters, he does five times the job that you will, and he does it in about five minutes, and it took me three days, right? And so I got all done with my poster, and I didn't like mine. Mine came in third, to tell you the truth, and this other young kids came in second. I was like, there's no doubt I'm going with Kent's poster. So he used it. So I told this kid, appreciate it, hugs and kisses to you, but I'm not using your poster. I'm going to use Kent's. I like it better offended by that and didn't talk to me for like two weeks and wouldn't even look at me in the face. And I knew he was offended by that. I'm like, why would you be offended? Because you came in second, right? Is that okay ever? Apparently not, right? I didn't have a trophy for him, so I didn't know what to do. So <laughs> I wrote him a very loving email in my most militant non-captain self as I could possibly think of. And I said, you came in second. I don't know how else to help you. <laughs> this is why Scott's the lead pastor and I'm not. Because the emails that he gets in response to come out a little more graciously than I would. I'd be like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. So anyway, but I can get up here and teach for a day. They'll let me do that. But he was offended by that. Number three, blame how you feel on others. Everybody knows that your life is the hardest of everybody in the circle, Right? Everybody's life is hard, but yours is by far harder, for sure. And not only that, yours is for sure the most important. Another way to know if you're easily offended is to be a frequent complainer. It says in Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Remember when we looked at the definition of offense, it had to do with being a stumbling block or stumbling. And so when you're walking with the Lord and you're at peace, it is way more difficult to be offended. And God doesn't care for your complaints anyway. If you look through the Old Testament and you look at how God responded to the complainers, it's not pretty. You do not want to be one of those people. Now look at this sign right here. If a deer kicks you in the face, that's offensive. I don't know where that sign came from, but I want one. That's, that is awesome. Here's some more reasons to figure out if you're easily offended. Every action, or, so if you're easily triggered by small events, right? What a little thing, boom, you blow up. Every action and response by others around you is about you. Assume it's all about you because it usually is. You know, if you hear somebody whispering over in the corner, you're like, now they're talking about me. You are a, a ticking time bomb waiting to be offended if you're that person. One time when we were in the military, we were given a Thanksgiving meal for all of the soldiers and this and that and it was my responsibility to come up with a theme i'm like no problem i got this so i wanted to come up with this redneck theme i don't even know where the term originated from i don't think anything about rednecks other than hillbillies and whatever which is half of us sitting in here anyway and so <clears throat> i just said let's just have a redneck theme and this chief master sergeant was like that's that's offensive and i said why he said i don't know but it is <laughs> So we didn't have a redneck theme that year. Some of us are like that. We're offended, but we don't even know why we're offended. That's a problem. That's a problem. Number six, assume and presume often, right? And if you do that, you have to know that you already have things that are stored up in your heart. You already have some kind of issue going on or some kind of wound or some kind of pain. And that's why you assume and why you presume all the time. And so we don't want to 
go down that road where we already have these triggers and these wounds and then we respond out of those. Now, you can't not do that sometimes. It's hard. But literally, the people around us, they're just the spark that lights the dynamite. But the dynamite's already sitting there. And so we have to be careful of that. They're often unforgiving and bitter. This is the person who is not only offended, but they keep those offenses. And they keep them and keep them and keep them year after year after year. And all of a sudden, you're just walking around. You're just this festering wound of offenses. And so people can't talk to you about anything because it's always like, oh, they tried to do this. They tried to, and, you know, everybody's accusing you or something. <clears throat> Don't let go of anything. Be like Rose in the Titanic. I'll never let go. I hope you hear the sarcasm there. Hebrews 12, 15 says, See to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So you can have an offense, but if you let that thing sit there and marinate year after year after year, that's how you start to become bitter. And then all of a sudden you're speaking out of that thing, and you don't want to do that. People who are easily offended seldom are relaxed or have fun. These are the Marthas in the world. You know the story of Jesus when he's sitting there and Mary and Martha are there, and Martha's running around. She's got all these tasks to do. She has a hundred things she's trying to do, but she's irritated at her sister, Mary, for not helping. But she's the one with the to-do list. She's the one who is thinking, Lord, why don't you have her get up from your feet? She just wants to listen to the God of the universe right now, but I would prefer that she helps me. You see how ludicrous that is? But we think that way. Now, I know, well, Heidi's not here, so I'll dime her out. She always has a little to-do list for me. And, man, if me and the kids aren't helping her out as much as she thinks, offended. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm going to say next service when she's here, but right now I'm diming her out. Well, what do we do with all this information? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, don't blow your horn except for anger. Hopefully there's a photo there that reveals. I saw that. And I don't know if that's a real sign or not, but that's good stuff right there. I'm going to talk to you about how not to be so easily offended. Because, so it's fun to, to laugh and joke about all the things that, that irritate us, but they're legitimate. We do get irritated by those things. The number one thing that you could start with to not get easily offended is to put God's agenda ahead of yours and to know what it is that actually offends God. It says in Ephesians 5 that we're supposed to be imitators of God. So if it offends God, it should offend me. If it doesn't offend God, it shouldn't offend me. Amen? So, my favorite topic, Winnebago's on Highway 24, right in my flipping way. Right? Well, summertime's coming. You guys know it's coming. You're not going to be able to turn left in Woodland Park for like six months. <clears throat> it's coming. It's coming. And they're going to be Texas and California plates, and that's just going to add fuel to the fire. All right? It's coming. Does that offend God? Probably not at all. But we'll be over there beating on the steering wheel and doing that the whole summer. And God's like, you're 50 years old. When are you going to pull it together? I don't care about that. Let's be imitators of God. Here's something that offends God. Children starving. That is offensive to our Father. Traffic shouldn't bother you as much as trafficking. That's very offensive to Jesus. What bothers you more, the lack of restaurants in Woodland Park or widows begging? That grieves the Holy Spirit. 
Again, put God's agenda above yours. That's number one. Number two, not to be so easily offended. Live by the Spirit. That's what Galatians 5.16 says. Not by the flesh. I believe, this is my personal two cents, the number one reason that we are offended is because we live in the flesh too much. Too often. We're just living in the flesh. We're not letting the Holy Spirit dictate our mind and our thoughts and our actions. And so we get miffed off or peeved about a lot of different things. Measure God, not your problems. A lot of times we'll look at our problems and go, this thing is huge. This thing is huge. But a lot of times you're forgetting God's heart. You're forgetting the history. What about all the times that God has brought you through things before? What about his promises? And by the way, your biggest problems to God are as puny to him as all of your problems, right? Your small problems look like that to God and your big problems look like that to God. When you have that mentality and you know that, We can walk in peace and not let the offenses make us stumble. Number four, be grateful. Praise is contagious. You've you've heard the scripture before that talks about God inhabits the praise of his people. Let's get in the habit of being thankful, praising people, even in the middle. Okay, i got to think of a different word. I'm always curbing things, but you guys have no idea how much I filter. 20 years in the military, you say a lot of bad things, and I've been filtering, filtering, filtering for years. But I'm like, okay, um, I don't even, all right, right, Scott's not here. All right, so uh, there's some kids here, never mind. I could have went PG-11. Leave it alone. Praise is contagious. It is possible, by the way, to live in Babylon without being Babylonian. I hope you guys know that. Last, or number five, it's an issue of faith. That 2 Corinthians 5, 7 is that verse that says we live by faith, not by sight. Because sometimes you see things and hear things and you're like, oh, that is offensive. But as people of faith, we don't have to live there and walk in that. And God doesn't always change your circumstances. He can. A lot of times he won't change the circumstances around you until you change your heart first, right? Sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't change the circumstances at all. Sometimes you're in the fiery furnace. He doesn't turn down the heat at all. He's like, I'll join you in there, but I'm not pulling you out. I'm going to leave you in there which I don't, I don't like God's plan sometimes. I don't know about you guys. I would prefer to be yanked out of that thing. And sometimes he does. But a lot of times he just helps you. That's why he says, I'll walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death, right? He's going in there with you. But a lot of times he has us go through it on purpose. Number six, learn to see what God is doing. Is it okay to come in second place? Do you literally sit there and let God bring about justice in your life or do you try to take it into your own hands and fix it and i don't think god's opposed to that necessarily it just depends on what kind of justice you're trying to go for if the gospel want if the boss wants to be a jerk let him what, what think about what jesus was here on earth you think jesus was ridiculed took second place and had jerks that were around him yeah just the religious leaders right and he just was like i'm, I'm about my father's agenda i don't have time for you little peons right and he just was, he was like the Matrix. You know, they're just throwing stuff at him. He's like, that doesn't affect me at all. That's awesome when you're in that frame of mind. So when you're not in the frame of that mind and you're walking in the flesh, and every single one of those things is hitting you right in the face. Number seven, learn to release your past. I think we spend too many times playing those tapes over and we rehearse our past. And so you continually have somebody who offended you 34 years ago and you're to this day, you're walking around going, mm, mm, mm. and you got that little grudge thing. You got that little bitterness growing up. 
and causing that offense not to heal. And so now somebody does something on a scale of 1 to 10, there's probably a 2, and you're way more offended than you would have been had you released that thing a long, long time ago. But don't let people have power over your life like that. It's especially bad in church circles, right? It's one thing to be offended out there, but what about when we're offended in here? You know, there's a term in the military called fratricide, which is where you basically shoot your, your own brethren on the same side. I think a lot of times our churches are guilty of that, that we take each other out because of our gossip and because of our inability to forgive and being too easily offended that we take each other down. Number eight, fix what's broken inside of you. If you're easily offended and you've got some wounds there, you need to take that thing to the Lord. You know, it's ironic. We were just talking about this exact verse in Bible class over here this morning, Psalm 139. It says, search me, O God. See if there's any offensive way in me, right? So in this case, this is not somebody who's being offended. They're the offender. And so in this scenario, we have to be cognizant of what we are causing other people to struggle with. Where am I sinning against others? Where am I the offender? But also at the same time, maybe if I've been offended against, I need to get that thing healed. If you're not healed from something, then you can either go seek counseling or go seek some godly wisdom or sometimes therapy or sometimes even medication. I don't know what it is. We've talked about healing in here before. But learn to heal and learn to heal well and get those things fixed in your life if you can. Some of them will be fixed overnight. Others take years. But at least start to work on those things. Number nine, don't run from the uncomfortable. Just because somebody is easily offended doesn't mean you should cut them off and send them on their way. Try to help them not to be as easily offended. Talk through things. Share some scripture. Pray with them, right? You might, I don't know which side of the fence you're on. You might be the offender or the offendee. But we want to sharpen one another in our Christian circles and help each other grow, right? He doesn't want, God doesn't just want me to be unoffendable ever. He just wants me to live more unentangled and free, right? So that I'm not having that thing burden me down all the time. But don't ignore behavior either. Just because somebody is highly offensive doesn't mean that I should let it go, right? It says in Ephesians 4.15, that's that verse that says, speak the truth in love. Now, if you're all truth, you could be overbearing. I tend to fall on that side of the fence. But if you're all love, you'll, you'll be all grace and happiness and sweep things under the carpet and not address things that need to be addressed. And in our circles, I think we need to get better at, one, being loving while we say it, but two, actually saying it. We don't want to just have that mentality, well, that person's always like, they're, they're always a ticking bomb. Just, just leave them alone. Don't even talk to them. That doesn't help the person who's got the bomb in their heart. You want to go over there and go, hmm, how can I be of value to you? How can I minister to you? How can I help you? And if you had two or three brothers or sisters coming up to you and calling you on it in love, you have a better chance to respond to that thing and get better, hopefully. Lastly, pigs are not the point of the story. You know the story about Jesus. He takes several demons out of this man and thrusts them into the pigs. And the pigs run down the bank and drown. Now the people who are standing there, the shepherds, are irritated and mad and actually ask Jesus to go away. They say, you, we don't want you in this region at all. So they're offended. 
by that. This has to do with us having the wrong mentality when God's up to something or when you think you're offended or you think you have a right to be offended and you're not elated over the fact that somebody just got set free from several demons, you're noticing the pigs. You see how, but, but that's us. Let's be realistic about this stuff. When we read stories in the scriptures, it's not just for the story itself and it's not just way back then. It's right here, right now. We notice the pigs and we don't want to be that way. The truth can set you free. I was just talking about speaking the truth in love, but I think also that truth is the number one reason that we're offended, right? Somebody speaks truth into your life and you don't like it because the truth ticks us off. It peeves us, right? We don't want to hear truth, no matter how loving. You ever had somebody just say it, tell you something very lovingly and you got mad anyway? It's because we don't like truth. It stings a little bit, but that's okay. Can we be people of faith and get a little bit of stinging in our lives and still be okay and come out better people on the other side? I think we can. It says a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So even when you are offended, even if it's legitimate, you still have the power and the faith to overlook that thing. You don't have to let it bring you down. Let that thing go if you can. So here's the takeaways for today, in case you missed them. Be offended by what God is offended by. Remember that when we leave here and you're in traffic. God's not offended by that. Don't be too easily offended. Don't walk around with your feelings on your short sleeve, your shirt sleeve. Just if, it's, if there's reason for offense, then fine. Figure out what you need to do and take it to the Lord. But don't just let every single thing in somebody's unibrow or their haircut or their whatever it might be. Did I say haircut? Where's Ethan? Okay, there he is. <laughs> I actually, this is iron sharpening iron right here. This is what's going on. I actually already told Ethan I like his haircut. I think it's kind of cool. If I, if I could grow hair, I would. So. But don't be too easily offended. So if you have been offended by somebody else in your life while the band plays this last worship song and you haven't let that thing go, come up here. Let it go. Maybe you've offended others. Maybe you're the offender. And maybe you have not given that thing to the Lord. Come up here while they're playing. And let that thing go. And give it to the Lord at the foot of the cross. And then lastly, maybe you have offenses against God and you've never been forgiven. If you've never given your life to the Lord and you want to come up here and give those offenses to the Lord, then let's do that. And with that, we'll let the band pr play. And if you feel led to do that, come up here and let's give all of our offenses to the Lord. Amen.